And we are back with Blacktivity, the social justice conversations. Again, my name is Vince Ashton, and I am your host and visionary of this activism movement, and I am so glad that you joined us again. Ladies and gentlemen, this conversation was a great one, all right? It's about bridging the gap in the black community in terms of the generational perspective. You can go to work, you can go to church, you can even um, go to your own dinner table and you might see that there are so many generations that um, are represented in today's society. However, each generation may have a different perspective on how to handle things or how we should handle situations, especially in regards to this racial climate that we're living in right now. So our special guest goes by the name of Miss Shantina Mullins. I like to call her the relationship guru. She has a beautiful family. She's been doing phenomenal work in the community and women's ministry and all of those great things. And when I tell you she knocks the ball out of this park in regards to bridging the generational gap, you are definitely in for a treat, all right? So, ladies and gentlemen, you already know what to do. Get out your pen and your pad and your notebook. Make sure you're taking notes on your cell phone and get ready, set, and listen. Here we go. Blacktivity, social justice conversations. Give me your request and um, we'll get you situated. So, let me give you or read you her bio real quick, all right? So Shantina Mullins is a phenomenal author, speaker, and empowerment coach with over 20 years experience in mentoring and public speaking. She began her mission when she was only 18 by starting a nonprofit for girls called Favor, which was dedicated to empowering young women to strengthen their relationship with God and gain confidence in themselves. It started small but quickly grew to over 100 young women and men in her mom's garage, y'all, all right? Shantina has discovered her greatest strengths were born out of her weakest moments, and she's not afraid to share them. She's fiercely dedicated to her passion for empowering youth, women, and people around the world. She also enjoys spending time with her husband, Lim, and children, Nia, Layla, and Liam, all right? So Shantina is about to join us, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so excited to have her. Let me see where she is. Boom. Let me request you. Ha-ha. We waiting for it again. This is Blacktivity 2020, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> How are you? I am awesome. How are you? I am doing good. Listen, thank you so, 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 so much. I cannot stress this for just being willing and available. I know you have just some amazing things and jewels and nuggets and all the stuff that you're going to impart into people. Guys, I like to say that Shantina is a relationship guru, okay? So today we are um, targeting the family. You know, we're targeting the family. And I think for me personally, you know, you learn about nurturing your family relationships with your mom, your dad, your sister, and brother before you even head into like, you know, romance and stuff like that. So I feel like if you have a successful um or if you practice successful family things, you know, in again, nurturing those relationships that can better set you up to have a successful relationship in terms of getting married and engaged and stuff like that. So, um, Shantina, I'm going to throw it over to you real quick. Like, let the people know who you are. If you want to expound on so many things, and then I will shoot the first question at you. Go ahead. Hey, y'all. First, I want to say thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm Shantina, guys. It's very simple. Shantina, I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a woman. 
I love God. I love people. And I also love relationships. I'm a relationship lover. I love all tips with married, single children. I am just in, you know, just really infectious about building great relationships. So you are right about that. So I'm excited to get into the topic, y'all. Yay. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. So again, today's focus of Black Tiffany 2020 Day 2 is bridging the generational gap. So I have to bring us up on game real quick because a lot of people know of the generations, but I just want to be a little bit more detailed. All right. So right now we on this earth, quote unquote, currently um, we have our baby boomer generation okay so our baby boomers was 1946 to 1964 so that would be our grandmothers grandfathers you know those great people and then we have our generation x's um that was between 1965 and 1976 so my mom is a generation x and she's on here right now what up mama i see you <laughs> and then we also have our millennials uh-huh Millennials, 1977 to 1995, and then our favorite, the babies, that's what I call them, Generation Z, all right, Generation Z, which is 1996 up until now. So, Shantina, the reason why I wanted to um bring you onto this topic is because I feel like when we have our dinner table conversations, all generations are represented right now. We even have, some households have their great-grandmothers and great-grandfathers still apart. And I think that's a remarkable time for the world that we're living in, where you have so many different optics and perception and, and ways and viewpoints and stuff and stances. Um, but that could bring some conflict. <laughs> and it can ruffle some feathers, you know, when you're having these conversations. So the dinner table. Yeah. It is, is it a powerful tool to use um, in conversational efforts and why? In terms of just the whole dynamic of the family. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to say the um the dinner table is absolutely um a very very important tool in our generation and our culture and our community. So first off, we need to practice having dinner as a family anyway, and not mm. on Thanksgiving and not just on Christmas or Easter. This is something that we should at least try to practice regularly. If you could do it as a family once a week or twice a week or even you know, once or twice a month, because you have to realize a lot of families don't even eat together, period, you know? So I feel like just getting back to that tradition is going to be very, very important. Now, once we get at the dinner table, let's say you got grandma, you got mom, you got the, you know, the siblings, the everybody, everybody should look at each other as a team mm -hmm. and you championships with teamwork and that the older people play their part but the younger generation does as well and sometimes it takes the younger generations to speak out to understand the old but also the old needs to understand the young everybody has strengths so we should highlight our strengths to cover our weaknesses you know what i mean that's good yeah. that's good so moving that conversation into 2020 social justice black lives matter um let's look at it like this so the civil rights movement was from 1954 to 1968 um the black lives matter movement if you will was around you know trayvon martin um rest in power 2012 up into current day so we have these two huge forces that has happened you know in the past 50 60 years or so still going for the same thing you know still wanted to accomplish the same goal but there is that 
conflict right there. So how do you think those conversations should go in terms of, you know, touching that matter? Because it's very sensitive, you know? Yeah, and I feel like the conflict comes in because I feel like everybody is hurting, everybody is angry, a lot of people are passionate, they're mad. So a lot of we we don't really know how to where to place our emotions. You know what I mean? So I feel like we need to learn how where to place our emotions and also realize that we are actually on the same team. You know what I'm saying? So what that means is the civil rights movement needs to, we need to pay our homage and respect to that movement. We need to, you know, actually research it, know our history so we can know what they did so we can expound and build on it. You know, and as Black Lives Matter, that's what we're calling it now, but it's still a civil rights movement. It's just now we're calling it Black Lives Matter. And now we need to grow with that. We need to join forces by all means necessary. And everybody needs to understand their role so they can play their part, you know. And that goes in the home, that goes in the, um, legislation, that goes, you know, in the state, in the president. It, all of it needs to line up. Every, if everyone knows their part and understand that we all have this common goal, that we'll be able to reach it um, better and faster. That's so good. So digging a little bit deeper. So for me, I just, this is me, my experience. I feel as if the baby boomers are traditionalists. You know, they've been living longer, so they're definitely rooted, deeply rooted, um, and very adamant in their ways, which I get, rightfully so. You've been on this planet 30, right. 40 years longer than me. You get what I'm saying? Um, however, as a millennial, you get what I'm saying? It's we we grew we have grown up in a different time, so I feel like we are more um prone to responding quicker yeah. and have that immediate action, um, so on and so forth. So in terms of of trying to pull one person or a baby boomer out of being a traditionalist or even trying to ration with the millennial on let's get some wisdom and slow it down a little bit you get what i'm saying like like how could we i guess i don't want to say because i know it starts with your mind i know you you definitely have to sort of change and renew your mind but how could we sort of shape and mold those types of conversations in terms of just the momentum between the two, you know? And I think it takes balance. I don't think our focus should be on changing the traditionalists because that's who they are. I think it, it's come, we, we have to allow the new generation to be innovative and allow them to be who they are because mm. He was the first in his generation, and so was Malcolm X, so was Sojourner Truth, so was Harriet Tubman. There was nobody really before them doing what they did, so they became the leaders of their time. So instead of us trying to pull people back and say, be like this, we should encourage them to be them. Because sometimes that, um, that quick action, it could be what's needed. So it's a balance of wisdom and action, and you, become, you, you develop a plan to have wise action. You know? Mm. Could cover the generation and like say no baby don't do this i feel like we should push them out there and say be the best that you can be be whatever's in you whatever's on the inside of you allow that to come out allow it to explode allow it to allow allow yourself to express it because they're experiencing it a lot different than what we did so their ideas are going to be more innovative and they're going to be more life-changing than what than what we than what we've previously experienced. I love that you said wise action. I think that that right there that needs to be a, camp a campaign. That needs to be we need to we need to coin it. We need to, you know, make it a T-shirt and really cultivate some things around it. I think wise action is right on the money, one thousand percent. 
I always like to say um, there's a lyric in that song called Glory with um, John Legend in common. And he said, we need the wisdom of the elders and the young people's energy. And it definitely all works together. It has to work together. You get what I'm saying? The head can't move without the shoulder. The shoulder can't move without the elbow. Like every joint has its purpose. And every joint to me is there's still equality in each role. And I feel like in certain situations, the head may feel, oh, well, I'm more important than your ankle. You get what I'm saying? And it's like, come on, people. <laughs> <laughs> Let's reel it on in and just recognize that everybody has a role, everybody has a purpose, every joint has has its has its due, you know? Yes. And as I said before, um teamwork wins championships. Everybody can't play that one role. Everybody can't be the quarterback. Everybody can't be, you know, um whatever they call it in basketball, you know, the um what's the mm -hmm. guy? Well, point guard. There you go, baby. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. <laughs> Have so that your skill is just rebound, you know, mm -hmm. mm. rebound, and so that's what we have to learn how to play. Everybody our player, but you're right. Everybody have to learn to play their part. You know, maybe the traditionists can be the backbone where your young people can be the legs and the arms, and you know, God is still the head above all. You know, and so if we learn that, you know, we'll be able to get into a system where we're moving towards the finish line in a better way. That's so good. That's so good, Shantina. Okay. Wow. You, you know what? You even just took my second question. We addressed it before I even <laughs> got a chance to ask it. Because literally my second question was wisdom versus action. How should we communicate and listen effectively? So maybe let's talk about that. How can one, what are some practices, some practical things of learning how to listen? I feel like people these days are listening to respond, not listening to retain. So yeah. what are some things that we can do to sort of be a little bit more nurturing and patient and understanding? Absolutely. So um, a couple classes that I've taken before when, we, when we've taken like marital classes, when someone speaks, they ask us to repeat what the person said to make sure we understood it and make sure they understood what we understood. So mm. it's rushing to an answer, let's, let's mellow on it and talk about it and understand that we may not be able to come to a solution in that one night. So let's pick one topic to talk about it and let's like milk it. You know what I mean? Let's milk that topic. Let's like let, let it marinate, let it simmer, you know, and understand that this is going to take some time. You know, a lot of times when we're not listening is because we're trying to get everything done at one time. In one night, we want a whole solution. <laughs> on a whole plan and honestly it's not going to happen like that we're going to have to take some time to listen but also to understand where that person is coming from why they saying it and how we can add to what they're saying that is so 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 good i like the fact that we need to just learn to immerse ourselves in 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 the responses and be okay with Sometimes being wrong, you know, be okay with opposition, be okay with confrontation. Confrontation brings growth. And I feel like, especially, and I know it can be a little difficult because again, you know, social justice is such a hypersensitive topic. It's such a hypersensitive topic. I get it 5,000%, but I feel like we have to sort of look at it through those optics, knowing that it is sensitive. So when you get a response, we can't take it completely. Yes. To heart, like it's a personal attack. You get what I'm saying? Am I wrong for that? Let me know. So right with that. And we can't get offended and we have to learn how to disagree agreeably. You know what I mean? Respect mm -hmm. 
opinion and understand we're not going to always get along and that's okay but that doesn't mean we still can't reach our common goal you know as family we're gonna fight let's just keep it real we're gonna fight but um i'll give you an example so when i was younger i grew up with two brothers and when we were um mostly the one that's like one year older than me we would be fussing on the way to the um the bus stop right that was a normal thing you don't like me i like you, you get my nerves the minute we got to the bus stop if anybody was messing with one of us all arguments stopped you know what I mean? and we took care of the situation how we needed to if somebody he needed my back i had his if i needed his back he had mine and that's how we need to be it's okay to argue but at the end of the day don't let it stop the common goal we still need to have each other's back we still need to show up for each other we still need to support each other and we don't need to allow those negative emotions to cover the greater good exactly because we know that the enemy lies in division and we, the enemy lives in stripes, so we cannot willingly or maybe unwillingly, unknowingly, sometimes be irrational, like give him the place. You yes. hear what I'm saying? To deter and to pull and to detach and to disconnect us to, um, as a whole. So you are 5,000% right, man. So good. Okay, let me go to another question. Hmm. Get it good. All right. So this this is I think this is a juicy one. You can look at it from many aspects about personal opinion. All right. As the black family, okay, for the culture, for the community, as the black family, what are things we should work on for the betterment mm -hmm. of our community? Because I feel yes. Though we have a lot of, let's say, you know, a lot of these um, major companies are changing things, you know, in regards to, you know, our feelings and how we've been portrayed and civil rights and social justice and stuff like that. However, on the other end, I feel like where we're at right now has also lifted a curtain on just things we need to do better as a community as well. I'm going to give you the perfect example. Um, in Clayton County, the guys that... um. The five, I guess the five teenagers, they were walking from a shortcut, taking a shortcut. And earlier that evening, somebody had a BB gun at a gas station and the gas station owner called the cops because he thought it was a real gun um, kind of thing. Established it was a, a BB gun, so on and so forth. But I feel like there are things in terms of whatever parenting or mentorship in that regard that we can do better for our young people to show them. Um, this is how you should move. This is how you should live. So you don't further gravitate towards what the world is already portraying us to be. Exactly. But we got to take ownership as a community. Are we, are we living our best? Are we portraying our best? And I'm not even saying the white way, but the right way, the R I G H T. You get what I'm saying? So, um, so what do you think? are some practices that we can do better for our, our culture, our community as the family. Mm -hmm. Yes. Hold on a second, my baby. Yes, baby. <laughs> Y'all know I'm still a mama. I'm a mama first now. I'll be on these lives and we at the house. I understand. My daughter, she tried to look in like, who are you talking to? <laughs> 
but this is the family guys i feel like investing in our family is so important and when i talk about investment you're talking about the totality of the family spiritually mentally physically financially um socially we need to put back into our families into our community so when you say how can you have a black successful family that's such a broad mm -hmm. question and we can literally talk about that all night you know what i mean and this is what we have to do. We have to learn how to um, fill in the gaps in our communities, fill in the gaps in our families. What I mean by that is number one, invest. Invest spiritually. Um, if um, when you say those boys went to the went to the, um, the gas station, gas station. So um, back in the day, grandma was sitting outside. You know what I'm saying? Nosy grandma was telling you to pull your pants up. You know. <laughs> If you was out there doing wrong, grandma would whip you. We need to get back to those traditions, actually, and check on each other. We had a situation that happened in my community where a car was sitting outside and all the parents within like five or ten minutes was outside trying to figure out who car it was because we called each other. We checked in with each other and we have to get to know our neighbors. You know what I mean? Get to know our neighbors, get to know our children, get to know our schedules. Um, if you have a single mom in the in your community, you know, what can we do to show up for that single mom? You know what I mean? This is what we have to do to build not only the community, but the successful black family. Um, remind ourselves that we're royalty. You know, remind ourselves, like reminding ourselves who we are. You know, a lot of times we... Uh, we talk about a lot of other stuff, but now since this is going on, this is the perfect time to remind ourselves that we are royal, that we are powerful, that we are stronger together, that we have to support each other, um, get back to praying together, you know what I mean? Get back to checking on each other mentally and emotionally. You know, everybody is just not okay, and that's okay that they're not okay. So how can we make them become okay? Doing things like that, you know, um, prayer, therapy, certain things that we can do, we need to push back into our families and push back into our communities. The reality of it is um, the, a lot of fathers are not in the home. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean we can go lacking. That doesn't mean that when you talk about mentorships, you know, um, a lot of a lot of coaches, you know, a lot of um, get, putting your putting your child in sports. But also if like I said, just just making sure we're filling in the gaps, finding out what our weaknesses are. You know what I mean? So we can so we can fill in the gaps. Your strength may be communication. Your one strength may be finances. One strength may be, hey, I know the word and all that's OK. So that means we need to hear from everybody. We need to hear how to get our weight up financially. We need to hear how to get our weight up spiritually. And all that comes with making time. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> yes, you can go to Taylor's house. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> hey. Now, family, family. <laughs> and my, my children go to the neighbor's house. I treat the neighbor's children like they're my own. So when they come over, they get popsicles. When they come over, they get fed and they get a good word. I was just telling the children yesterday, I said, you know, you have to make sure you speak nice words to each other. You know what I mean? So when you talk about the family, the family and community goes neck and neck because um, I'm, we're, we're also relaying the same message. Uh, some of our kids, they get into little spats outside, but we tell them that we're family. 
We say we live in the same neighborhood. You guys are going to grow up together. These are our morals. These are our values. You're not going to say mean things to each other. If you have an issue, come get one of the parents. We're going to help you work, work through it. Doing little things like that. Also having stuff like a mission statement. You know what I mean? Knowing our values, knowing our worth. You know, these are things that we need to talk about, our worth, our values, our standards, what we stand for, what we, you know, um, teaching our children the core values of who we are as a black family. You know, this is, we're, we're, we're people of a character. We're people of integrity. We're people of love. We're people of standard. Reminding them of that, you know, and also creating a space for communication. You know, and what we talked about earlier, it's so important to allow your children to express themselves, to understand how they're feeling during this time, to understand that if it's they're afraid, it's okay to be afraid. This is what you do to understand if you're angry, it's okay. You know, and also um, depend on each other more, check on each other more. You know what I mean? Um, um, love on each other more. Get, be more forgiving of each other now. We got a lot going on. If everybody else is a black in the, against the black family, we don't need to be, um, you know, um, against ourselves. You know, we need to make sure that we are being, we are setting up tools. You okay? So do you are you are, do you remember the show two two seven? Yes. Somebody <laughs> had the meetings in the basement. This is yeah. what <laughs> I'm just being real with you. This is what we need. You had everybody will come down to this basement and talk it out. And this is what we need. We need to learn how to talk things out so we can well, so we can look at it and see what our weaknesses are as a family. And then we can start building and say, okay, this is where you're lacking. This is where you're lacking. And how can we help each other? That's what the black family needs. We need to be more supportive of each other. And um, and everything what happens in the family stays in the family is not always the best thing. Sometimes we do need to reach out and get help so we can help. There's a lot of people hurting. There's a lot of people arguing in their homes. You know, even being home in the pandemic, everybody ain't quarantining and chilling. You know, this it's caused a lot of conflict. So we need to learn how to deal with those conflicts. And how else are we going to deal with it if we don't open up and talk about it? You know what I mean? That is so good. That is so good, Shantina. That was a loaded question right there. And I'm sure we can definitely. You got to hit it from so many dynamics. You got to hit it from spiritual. Okay, we got to get back right with God. You got to hit it from mental. Is everybody okay mentally? How's your soul? How's your mindset? How's your intellect? Physically, how are we health-wise? You know what I'm saying? Taking care of our bodies and stuff. Um, And then financially, like how can we get in a better financial place mm. you know, we, so we can um create wealth for our family? Uh, being called the black mecca, I felt none of that love. Yeah, there's a lot of people in the black community that don't feel love. So that's why I said we have to learn how to love on each other. And the great thing about this day and time is a lot of stuff you need can be found online. There's so many resources out there. So take the take the time and um the, the time to to research those things, to talk about those things, to say, hey, I noticed that we, you know, in my family, we fuss too much. How can we work on that? You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. my you know, we be real. We talk about each other too much. How we, we might need to figure out, you know, how can we get better at that? You know what I'm saying? And creating a more positive atmosphere for our for our black families. I agree. And you know what, Shantina, I really think it's important for us to to be what we want to see. 
at the same time because I know a lot of times we a lot of us are waiting to receive and receive and receive but we're not being what we're wanting to receive we're not taking those steps to knock on the neighbor's door we're not taking those steps to be kind to be approachable to be nice to be open to be receptive to be okay with change but on the other end we're waiting for the shining armor of the glory of God to fall on our lap, which one day in some instances it might, but on another coin, you're going to have to, faith without works is dead. You get what I'm saying? Like you're going to have to put in the work and actually cultivate, cultivate change in your own personal life, in your own character, in your own behavior. And then like I heard something today, somebody was like, it's either one day or day one. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So we can we can wait on or you can wait on that one day for it to happen or it can happen today. But you have to make that choice to decide for you to initiate those things. So so it can just allow the betterment of your family, of your community and of the culture, guys. That is awesome, Shantina. Hey, guys, I want to just throw it to the people that's watching. If you have any questions for um Shantina, go ahead and drop them right now. We're going to wrap up and like two three minutes but hey we got to do this again we will do it again i just <laughs> just get started <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> any questions guys drop them drop them before i ask myself i only felt like a father's harsh you can do it i did it mentality mm. all the black that love when i come i thought it would be a place that would Oh, okay. So I want to respond to some of the things. Somebody said when they came to Atlanta, they thought it would be a place that will come in abundance. I don't understand that. And then someone else said Black Mecca, they felt none of that love. Um, the, um, I only felt like a father's harsh, you can do it mentality. I showed my friendly. Okay, so this is the last thing I want to say. I guess as a whole, <laughs> what we should do um, we should heal and build. And we we have to learn how to do that simultaneously. Heal and build. Because a lot of us are hurting. A lot of times when we our fathers are harsh, it's because of the pressure that they receive as a black man. You know what I mean? And a lot of times they take that harsh, that pressure, they take that and they put it into the family. So our, our black men need healing as well. You know what I'm saying? Our black fathers, our black, our black um, grandfathers. There's a lot of healing that needs to be done in our community. So we need to figure out that way to heal, but also build. You know, we need to we need to figure out a way to unite together so we can buy back the community, buy back the blocks and stuff like that. But also checking on ourselves to make sure we're healing in the process and understand to show each other grace. And so and also understand that you are the solution. Anything that you have an issue with in the community, like you said, stop waiting for some magic to happen. You're the solution. Empower yourself to become involved, to become whatever you need to become, to be, to, 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 um, so you can create the solution. Because everybody else, you can't wait for somebody else to do it. You have to do it. Martin Luther King did not wait. Harriet Tubman did not wait. Sojourner Truth did not wait. Malcolm X did not wait. We can go down the list of people that did not wait for change to happen. I have a shirt and I couldn't find it because I was rushing to get online. It says, be the change. You know what I mean? We have yep. to. So not only do we have to heal, we have to build and we have to be. And if we That's, do. That is incredible. But you know what? Let me ask this last question for you. 
Okay. I got to focus on the babies, like we said, Generation Z, real quick, all right? So Generation Z, they are basically, eventually will reap and inherit everything all these prior generations have built and laid the land for. How can we better equip mm -hmm. this upcoming generation to, to, of course, inherit it, but to definitely just utilize it in its full potential and its full integrity and its full authenticity because right now especially with what happened with the, the all the rioting and the looting and stuff they're always pinning it generation z millennials millennials generation z so on and so forth and i hear that from the baby boomers or yeah. i hear that from the generation x's and so my response to that was okay i get it they are doing xyz but from their vantage point, nobody has taught them or guided them on how to protest. Nobody has taught them or guided them on how to control their emotions. Nobody has taught them or guided them on how to endure civil rights and how to endure hypersensitive topics and stuff like that. So I'm at this place where I can't knock you for what you don't know. I'm not condoning what you're doing, but at the same time, we can't get on this pedestal as if these people, these two younger generations all, all of a sudden adapt and know what happened in the 50s and in the, in the 60s when it was never discussed. It was never taught. Leaders, pastors, youth pastors, whatever the case was, did not develop and invest and preach and guide and whatever in these certain instances like I feel like now they probably got a, a, a light bulb and nobody <laughs> started doing it now but at any rate to go back to the topic to, to the root of the conversation or the root of the question rather how can we better prepare these generations on receiving and inheriting and utilizing everything that is being laid out for them in its fullest potential I totally agree with you I feel like now the light bulb is on now we need to shine it because now maybe this is an eye opener for our community that we were not doing our job as preparing them for the future. So now we might have to take a couple steps back to learn from our states and the era of our ways and better prepare them. So we need to have community meetings. We need to sit them down and, and not necessarily dim their fire, but show them how to blow it in the right direction, you know? And that's going to take time, it's going to take attention, it's going to take effort, and it's going to take a community-wide thing. It's going to take doctors, lawyers, the, the music industry, the church. It's going to take everybody coming together as one and coming together with a plan so we can help them rebuild that foundation. So when they stand on it, they need to stand on our shoulders. You know, they need to stand on us, but we need to give them that platform to stand. And we need to be ready once we need to get into a more training. We need to become their coaches. You know what I'm saying we need to become their coaches so we can teach them how to be great to teach them how to to to, to turn your passion into some to power you know what I mean and also be ready to pass that torch it's just like in a relay race you know what I'm saying we got to be ready to pass the torch and let them do them at the same time and let them be all the magnificent creatures that they are because they're young for a reason you know what I mean? They're going to have new innovative ideas too. So we don't need to hide that. We need to prepare them for it, but we also need to let them be free, honey. Freedom. Let freedom ring. <laughs> let freedom ring. Look, there it is. Pass the torch. I think that is that is that is something that we're definitely facing in our systems, um, yeah. in our organizations, in our churches. Because again, like I said, our dinner table reflects what our companies look like. It is a multi-generation. Our churches are multi-generational. Our jobs are multi-generational right now. However, 
it may be time for you to shift on, <laughs> throw that alley you it on over to the next person, and exactly, and 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 be okay with it. And this is one thing that for just the older generations, I always like to, or I always think about is, I feel as if they have, in terms of my, my upbringing, they have imparted so much amazingness. And they have guided me and nurtured me and gave me great insight on how to maneuver and handle these things. You get what I'm saying? So now that it's time for me to activate and initiate all that I've learned, you got to trust what you put inside of me. Got to trust it. And I feel like that trust that's is the root of the family right there. It's For me, it's a disservice for me to be up under somebody for like X amount of years, 10, 20, 30 years, whatever the case is, and now it's time for me to act out on my own and you're not giving me the ability to do what you trained and taught me to do. You want to keep it for yourself. Yeah. And it's like, you get what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so it's like, when will the day come for me to do what I've seen you do? Absolutely. You know, I think that's that's so vital for um our baby boomers and our generation X's to, you know, sort of gravitate towards. How do you feel about that? I totally agree. I think it's time to pass the torch and it's also to remind ourselves of love and respect. You know what I'm saying? We still have to respect them. All they're they're young. We don't need to um to discount them to say, Oh, you're young. You know, you're young and powerful. So now we need to give you the open floor and also welcome, welcome them. Welcome them. Create the space where they feel loved. They feel welcome. So then we can actually bridge the gap. That's where bridging the gap comes, where you have to create the space where everyone feels welcome. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They feel welcome where they feel like they, we, they, we, they still have our support, even though they're doing it a different way. You know what I mean? It's okay to do it different. It's okay to do it different. Um, and, it's, and we have to respect that. Yeah. Mutual respect is going to be really important. Mutual respect, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be vital, okay? We definitely have to be, we're always in this place to respect our elders, and 5,000%, we darn sure should. You get what I'm saying? But that reciprocity, yes. you get what I'm saying, is something that I feel like we, we're going to have to start adjusting and gravitating towards, you know? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to just leave it right there. <laughs> five, and they teach me. Mm. I have to be okay with that. I can't allow proud to say, pride to say just because you're seven and five, I cannot learn from you. You know what I mean? I think even the Bible said that become as a child. You know what I'm saying? We need to respect them for who they are. They have something that we don't have and that's okay. And we need to, we need to embrace that. You know what I'm saying? My children are seven and five and they teach me so much. They have me going to bed thinking every night, like, re, you know, re, re, like, okay, I need to change this. I need to change that. Change that, and that's okay. That's what they're here for. You know, that's what they're here for. That's so good. And then on the opposite end, because I don't want it to seem like we we're being biased, I do feel that our millennials and our generation Z Zers, if you will, we definitely have to continue to respect and continue to honor. Yes, honor our, our elders. We have to honor. Have to honor that honor word is so strong. It's so big right now because we don't have it all. We don't know it all. We, we don't. And I feel like a lot of us feel as if we do. And to be honest, I feel like one culture 
that is sort of plaguing our generation and Generation Z is what I like to say to popcorn culture. It's very quick. It's very 30 seconds or less, 60 seconds or less. And if I'm not reading this post on your Insta story in this 15 seconds and digesting this, I'm not developing and researching anything right. else outside of that. So all my knowledge off of this one piece of information is like 0.2 seconds of what it should be you know, addressed or what have you versus I feel like our baby boomers, they actually immerse themselves in, in knowledge and, and live through experience and stuff like that. So as a younger black man, I have to be okay with the opposition on their end. I have to be okay with receiving the wisdom too, you know? Absolutely. We have to be an open book to receive. I feel like the younger generation definitely needs to learn that more is they don't know it all. You know, you mm -hmm but you don't know it all. Um, I think it's important to always have old people around you. I have an 80-year-old woman that I can call and, and set me straight at any moment. You know what I mean? And they may say it in a different way, but that yeah. wisdom is valuable. You know what I'm saying? And we have to understand that, you know, um, bridging, um, locking arms, because when you lock arms, you know, everyone becomes one. You know what I'm saying? It's like you have your old, you have your young, and you have us in the middle. Lock arms. Lock arms so everybody can feel valued, needed, and important because we need it all. We need, just like you said earlier in the song, we need the wisdom of the old and we need the, you know, the, the vitality of the young. We need both. But we definitely don't need to discount our old. We need to make sure we're paying homage and paying honor and tribute to them. And you do that by listening to them. You do that by listening to them and processing what they're saying. So when you spew it out, you can spew it out greater than what they said it. Yeah, and someone put like instant gratification. You know, we have to learn how to balance that. We have to learn how to balance the, you know, the popcorn generation because ain't nothing like letting a pot of greens marinate, baby. You make <laughs> those quick greens and they're not gonna taste. Food and you want some good soul food, you gonna have to let it sit for a while, okay? And be patient. All right, all needs to learn that to be patient. Let it sit, let it marinate so we can eat some good food, some good soul food. <laughs> good soul food. Shantina, I think we have. I'm going to leave it right there. Okay, yes. ladies and gentlemen, can you please give Shantina some clapping emojis in the comment section? Clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. Let us see it. Give her her flowers now. Show her love now. Shantina, thank you so much for coming. I want, I want people to know where to find you, what your website, anything you have coming up. Let us know. Hey guys, so um, Instagram handles, whatever you call it, is Shantina Mullins. You can go to my website. It is Shantina.com. I'm getting it together. So go show some love on the site and my page. I love you guys. I appreciate you so much, Vince, for having me on. I love you. I love everybody. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> cool. All right. So we will be in touch, Shantina. We're definitely going to do this again. And ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned because I'm going to highlight our black business. Thank you so much, Shantina. All right, guys. See y'all later. <laughs> Guys, did you enjoy that? If you enjoyed it, can I get a thumbs up? Can I get some thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up if you enjoyed that? Ladies and gentlemen, that was the one and only Shantina Mullins. Guys, bridging the gap. We have to, we can basically do more united than divided, all right? I have to just reiterate and encourage and motivate you all. Keep that in mind. We can do more united than divided, and it starts with our families it starts with our families guys okay so this wow ladies and gentlemen that was such a great conversation and i really hope you enjoyed it there was a particular quote that she said that i just want to 
double back on and let you all know real quick. We have to get to know our neighbors, children and schedules. If there's a single mom in your community, what can we do to support her? This is what we have to do, not only to build a community, but a successful black family. And we want success in the black family. So I really hope that you gain some insight and some wisdom and also some practical tips on how to reach this point in your own family and bridging the gap in the generational divide. All right. So this is where you can find Shantina Mullins. All right. Hit her up on Instagram. Her name is spelled S-H-A-T-I-N-A Mullins, M-U-L-L-I-N-S, all right? You can find Shantina Mullins there, or you can even go to her website, which is basically Shantina.com, all right? She has some amazing things coming out the pipeline really, really soon, so make sure you follow and support her movement. So you already know what to do, ladies and gentlemen. Stay tuned for conversation number three. Again, I am your host, Vince Ashton, and if you haven't followed me yet, I don't know what's taking you so long. So go ahead and follow me at Vince Ashton, V-I-N-C-E-A-S-H-T-O-N, and hashtag Blacktivity in anything that you may have learned thus far. is Blacktivity, the social justice conversations.